What's up, sports fans, and welcome to an all-new episode of Football Fanatics here on Final Timeout Sports. I am your host, as always, Forbes Crowley, joined by my co-host, Fernando Doctors, here on this 13th episode of Football Fanatics. We're going to be breaking down the top 10 wide receivers in the league, both in overall rankings and fantasy football rankings. I'll start it off with my top 10 overall wide receiver rankings. Number one, got to go with Devontae Adams, followed by Justin Jefferson at number two. Jamar Chase coming in at number three. Number four, Cooper Cup, followed by number five, DeAndre Hopkins. Number six, Stephon Diggs. Number seven, Tyreek Hill. Number eight, Debo Samuel. Number nine, Mike Evans. And number 10, DK Metcalf. That's my top 10. Nando, how's your shaking up? So it seemed like towards the back end we were relatively similar, but I think our top fives are a bit different. I have Devonte Adams at the number one spot, followed by DeAndre Hopkins. Because, like, in my opinion, duh, I think this guy is such a stud. He's got to be in the top three at least. Jamar Chase, I also sneaky put in the top three, even though I think it's quite deserved. The dude is practi practically unguardable. Uh, Coop, sorry, Justin Jefferson at four, then followed by Cooper Cup. That'll be my top five. But then at six, you know, I went back and forth on this one. I put Tyreek Hill. I mean... You know how he is as a deep threat, super speedy. You know, not with Mahomes anymore, but interested to see how, you know, his his and uh, Tua's chemistry develops as the season goes. Uh, hopefully it's not there week one. Uh, at seven, I got Stephon Diggs. Uh, you know, I feel bad that I didn't include him at least in the top six, but, you know, he's a stud. He's got Josh Allen. It's crazy things are going to happen there. Uh, Debo at 8, um, I feel like that's a no-brainer that he's in the top 10, followed by Mike Evans. I mean, this guy guaranteed 1,000 yards a year. You know, no Rob Gronkowski. Um, could he get more than 13 touchdowns? I don't know. But, I mean, he's definitely a touchdown hawk. And then, you know, a little surprise here at 10, I included A.J. Brown. You know, moving to Philly, now Jalen Hurts as opposed to Ryan Tannehill. I know you'll have your... Uh, a few choice words <laughs> for that decision, um, but I definitely back it. He's an elite wide receiver. Um, so what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I, I think we'll get to, to DK versus uh, AJ uh, a little bit, but, you know, let's start with the top five. I mean, both of us agreed on Devontae Adams. I mean, one of the cleanest route runners in the league with the, you know, most – and most dangerous deep threat uh, power in the league. Um, you know, when he was matched up with Aaron Rodgers, it was just a, a scary duo. Um, you know, we'll see how he does with his former college teammate, Derek Carr. Um, but nothing, you know, that has absolutely nothing to do with just his ability as a wide receiver. So I think, yeah, having him as, as the top spot makes, you know, complete sense. Um, three seasons plus 1,300 yards. Uh, he's had 100-plus receptions in the past six seasons. Um, two of the past four seasons, he's had 150-plus receptions, or sorry, targets. Um, so, you know, he's bona fide superstar, most likely going to be Hall of Famer. Um, but, yeah, we, we definitely have some more disagreement once we get two through five, you know, um, you went with DeAndre Hopkins at two. You know, I, I hear that. He's an incredible receiver, uh, did amazing things 
um, in Houston when he didn't have, you know, a great quarterback and then, you know, uh, 1,300 yards, 1,500 yards, 1,100 yards um, when he had, Deon or sorry, Deshaun Watson. So definitely not denying what a great receiver he is. My problem is that, you know, he, he, he got pegged for some PED use, um, which in my opinion drops his stock. Um, you know, uh, he, and he's missing six games next season. Um, I, I just have a hard time ranking him above five when, you know, you're missing a third of the season there. Um, he's an amazing receiver. I mean, I, I always come back to the, the Hail Mary against the Bills uh, last season. I think there was like a, a 3% uh chance of a of a reception on that throw when like the NFL did their next gen stats so you know his his jump ball skills are insane his route running is incredible um his hands are you know almost next to none but when a guy gets popped for PEDs and and is going to miss a third of the season I can't put you in the in the top 3 um, so that honestly was a big thing for me. Then it's also the fact that you look at, first of all, Cooper Cup, triple crown winner, um, 145 receptions last year, 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns. I mean, that's on his way to, to, to a Super Bowl win. I mean, that's insane. Those stats are, are, are pretty nuts. Um, next to, to none in, in terms of uh, yards last year. So I, you know, have a hard time not putting him uh, in the top three. You know, I, I put him back at four because um, I think his deep threat is the one thing that you could call out about his game. Um, you know, he's not a beat you deep type receiver like Adams, Justin Jefferson, or Jamar Chase, but his route running is extremely precise, um, and that's what you know has DBs on their heels in in games and matchups where they have to deal with him. It's the reason he was you know the Triple Crown winner last year, um, and it's the reason that Matthew Stafford targeted him 191 times. Um, so you know that's why I went with him number four, then two three looking at two former uh, LSU products. I mean, starting with Justin Jefferson, 1,400 yards in his rookie season, 1,616 uh, in his sophomore season, um, you know, targeted over 125 times in both his first and second season, um, 17 touchdowns between the two of them. You know, uh, he's a bona fide superstar on the way and when you have Adam Thielen to take some, um, you know, pressure away from you, attention away from you, and Kirk Cousins, a guy who, you know, will take the chance and just throw deep balls, sometimes not necessarily the most advisable throw, but he'll still do it. And that's what's going to get, you know, Justin Jefferson, those 50-50 those balls that in, in his case are probably like 70-30. Um, and then you look at Jamar Chase, uh, obviously rookie season but you know there was all these conversations about he's got too many drops coming in in the preseason 
Um, he took his year off, so he's not like in his best shape. He's not in you know football speed. Then he went out, 81 receptions, uh, over four, uh, 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns on his way to you know becoming Joe Burrow's number one receiver. Even with a T. Higgins who had a thousand plus yards, I mean, that's you know a, a type of connection between a, a QB and a receiver that is unheard of, and a reason why I think that he's probably going to have plus fifteen hundred yards this season. Um, you know, he is in now a year that, uh, or sorry, a system that he's had a year to be in with an offense in the NFL that he now can adjust to. Um, now this you know team that made it to the Super Bowl and lost almost no one made uh, moves for the offensive line to shore that up, give Joe Burrow some more time, more protection. Uh, I see Jamar Chase having an even better season, as crazy as that sounds. Um, yeah, so you know that that's my reasoning for my top five. Um, these guys are all incredible, incredible receivers, um, and. All of them have tremendous upside when you look at specific, fan, uh, sorry, overall league rankings. Fantasy may be, you know, another story. We'll argue about that one. But I want to hear, you know, your point of view on your, your top five, what the, what the reasoning was and everything. So, I mean, I think we pretty much agreed on Devontae Adams at number one, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I don't need to say anything more on him. He's just an unbelievable wide receiver. And obviously with, you know an insane quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, but now, you know, he has his former college teammate. So I'm curious to see how that chemistry goes, but I'm sure it's, you know, people sleep on Derek Carr, but like, you know, he's gonna have to throw it a lot. And I mean, who better to have than Devontae Adams, right? So, yeah, I understand that too, my DeAndre Hopkins take might not be received well, and maybe I should reevaluate based on, you know, the suspension. That being said, though, I he's just that receiver Forbes for me where I'm just watching football. I'm like, honestly, all you got to do is just throw it at him. Honestly, you, he deserves the ball more. He's that good. He's that good. Like you said, he has that ability to just grab it over any DB. You know, insane hands. Like, that play against the Bills, yeah, right? That was Can't insane. forget that. Like over two defenders like he's he's elite um could be one of the greatest at you know in the position but you know does the uh suspension taint his legacy perhaps um but i did you know decide to put him at two jamar chase i had a three did you have jamar chase at yeah. three? okay i mean i completely agree with you i think that it's possible that he has you know an even better season eclipsing 1500 yards you know, he he's unreal, and he absolutely torched teams like he did to the Chiefs that one game last year. I think what was it, week two or something? Yeah, it was it, it was insane. Um, he just I think it was you know they were getting kind of dominated. I think they went down fourteen zero early. He went off um, and really just started bringing him back into the game. So he's he's special, and I think the connection that he has with his former LSU teammate, Joe Burrow, is definitely special. No, I mean, it's it's unreal. Like, that was, like, under over, like, 50 fantasy points. Like, yeah. Crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, I think it was 55. It was nuts. <laughs> <laughs>
Absolutely insane. Um, and then moving on, yeah, I did, like, the whole Justin Jefferson, you know, Cooper Cup situation, you know, putting them four and five, it didn't sit well in my stomach, no doubt. I mean, you, you said it best when you were, you know, triple crown king here in Cooper Cup, like, that was an insane season. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, that being said, though, Odell is not in the mix, and, you know, before last season, if I'm asking you here, Forbes, who's the better receiver, you're probably telling me Odell's better than Cooper Cup. Before See, last season? Before last season, maybe, but then, raw, like, on listen. On raw talent. On raw talent, yeah, but then we saw, but that was with when uh, Cooper Cup had Jared Goff as his quarterback. Totally, and, and I mean, when, it's not like Odell had any studs. But he had Baker Mayfield, who I think is definitely better than, you know, if you put... Uh, Baker Mayfield on that LA Rams team last year. Yeah, maybe they don't win a Super Bowl, but they're better than they were with Jared Goff. You think? A hundred percent. You took them to a Super Bowl. Jared Goff took them on to the Super Bowl uh, on the back of their defense. Their defense was second to only one that season, our New England Patriots, who kept them to three points in that Super Bowl. One of the reasons they kept them to three points was because Jared Goff missed a read on a brand, that Brandon Cook's late throw. He threw to him late, and that's what allowed uh, not uh, Jason McCourty uh, to get back and knock that ball out of Brandon Cook's that ended up saving us, you know, the game. So you just look at, at Jared Goff. He's not that guy so much far from it. Um, and you see, you know, how the the Lions fared this past year. You see how much um, Matthew Stafford has been contributing to keep that struggling, you know, Detroit franchise afloat. Um, and when he was gone, that was a, a tough season for them. You know, that was almost reminiscent of their 0-16, you know, trash bags over your head type season. <laughs> so I think that, you know, the... The, just the fact that this is the first time that Cooper Cup had a quarterback that can make the right reads, accurate throws, you know, and everything, and he just took off. I mean, I think that says more, honestly, about Cooper Cup than it does necessarily about Matthew Stafford. You know, obviously, it, it helps. It, it says a lot about Matthew Stafford that he adjusted to the new place, new system, um, but he had so many better weapons and everything. And then another thing, you look at, the, you know, start the season last year, you look at the Rams. Who do you think about first, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? Initially, probably Robert Woods. You know, he tears his ACL in the middle of the season, and Cooper Cup is that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they got, they ended up getting Odell. But they got Odell at, you know, penny to the price of, uh, of what... Um, the Browns got for Odell. It was an Odell that, you know, granted a lot of it was injuries. a lot of his production injuries and missed throws by Baker, but it was an Odell who is not the Odell who had that one-handed catch for the New York Giants, you know? Like, it was still understood that at that point with the season that Cooper Cup was having that it was his team and it was or his receiving core um, and that when they brought on uh, Odell, he was he was a supporting cast member, you know, mm -hmm. and I think it had been established before Robert Woods got hurt that 
Cooper Cup was the number one receiver on that team. You know, it doesn't matter if he's in the slot totally. or out wide, he's the number one receiver on that team. So, you know, I, I think that teams really had to shift their their coverages. You know, they, they had to adjust for this receiver that can play in a slot, make those quick cuts and beat you, or be out, you know, out wide, beat your number one corner for, you know, a deep touchdown. So I, that's why I had him number four. Um, you know, I don't think he has as much of a deep threat ability um, or danger as Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or Devontae Adams. But, you know, you saw, uh, what was it, in, against the, uh, the Bucks in the playoffs last year, deep touchdown, put the game away. You know, like he still ha- he has that danger. And um, on top of the reliability of like a almost a tight end type receiver to he's always there for the short yards when you need him but he's always there for the long ball when you need him so totally you know that's why I had him high um obviously it's tough because it's hard to not account for the athletic ability the skill um the pure talent that DeAndre Hopkins has and you know you look at his stats um He's, he's had six 1,000-plus-yard seasons. Um, three of them have been over 1,500 yards. You know, uh, he's an absolute special player. Um, but, yeah, I, I had to drop him a little bit due to the offseason stuff that went on. Um, but some may say that's not necessarily enough to, to – or not something that you should take into account to a, a top-10 rankings, but – that, that was a big thing for me um, because, yeah, you're right. That is something that taints his legacy to some extent. You know, mm-hmm. you look at Tom Brady and, you know, both of us as massive Brady fans can never deny the fact that Deflategate and that suspension, that's somewhat uh, tainting his legacy, even though we disagree with the ruling, disagree with how, how it all went down, it did happen. So, you know, you got to take that into account. Does that taint his legacy just overall as a player, as a potential Hall of Fame candidate, you know. So that's something that, (laughs) all right, all right. But I'm just saying, you know, it's something that you have to take into account when, you know, you you think about these players. When you look at baseball Hall of Fame players, Barry Bonds, uh, I think he's got the the second, uh, his second amount, second most home runs um, of all time in, in the MLB. He's not going to make the... Uh, I think he's the most. Most, yes. And, uh, I mean, I always I always count it as second most, to be honest, because he took steroids. But he's also never going to be in the Hall of Fame because he took steroids. Yeah, but I think baseball, it's like a... There's more of like an associated correlation with your... Yeah, it's, it's you know, comparing it is, is apples to oranges. But, you know, it, it, it makes a difference. People think about it when, you know, you think about David Ortiz... You know, he was never a massive guy in the steroid, um, you know, issue with sluggers of that age. But it was confirmed that at one point he did take steroids, and that taints his legacy a little bit. I mean, we re- remember as him as Big Poppy, this is my bleeping city type guy, but, you know, that's still an aspect of his legacy that you have to consider. And does that, to an extent, tarnish or, uh, you know devalue how great of a receiver, how great of a hitter that Poppy was, how great of a receiver that DeAndre Hopkins was. You know? Definitely taints it, but taints it less. All right, all right. I would argue. 
So, so let's move down to, I'd say our, uh, we have, we have six and seven, six, you had Tyreek Hill. I, I went with St uh, Stefan Diggs and then we flip flopped for the seven spot. Um, what was your reasoning in ranking Tyree Kill above Stephon Diggs? Dude, I mean, for me, it's just got to be his, you know, big playability. Like, it doesn't really matter how well you think you have Tyree Kill covered, because for all it could be, it could be a quiet game, you know, just a couple, couple catches for, you know, 18 yards, and then boom, to the house. 60 yards because he absolutely burned your secondary and now you're and now he just opens the game up you know what i mean he just has that big play ability that's just unreal like you can just go down the list here week one against cleveland he went for nearly 200 yards a touchdown 11 catches then you go down to like week five against philadelphia 11 catches 186 yards three touchdowns like, it just continues. It's crazy. It's just, it's almost as if, like, every sort of game, he's he's got at least, like, you know, a 20-yard catch in there. It's, it's, it's unreal. It's nothing, you know, to take away from Stephon Diggs, you know, because it's almost like if you need seven yards, like, you got it with Stephon Diggs. You know what I mean? The third down situations. He's unreal. Um, so I do, I do respect your Stephon Diggs placement at the sixth spot, no doubt. But I think Tyree Kill just adds so much value to any offense, you know, with that deep ball threat. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely hear that. You can't ever discount Tyree Kill's speed. Um, you know, in my opinion, I think Stephon Diggs is still an incredible deep threat as is Tyreek Hill, um, but that Stephon Diggs's, you know, short yardage abilities outweigh Tyreek Hill's, you know, like you said, Stephon Diggs is there for your four, five, six yardage needs, where Tyreek Hill's speed is and small size is not necessarily going to help you out. So, you know, that's why I went with Stephon Diggs above Tyreek Hill, but, you know, I mean, it's tough to to not think about the cheetah um, in your in your top six, top seven guys. So that's fair. Moving on to our fantasy football rankings. I'll start it off with, you know, our Triple Crown winner, Cooper Cup. You know, stays at the top spot here for me for PPR rankings. Nothing's really changed for that Rams offense. You know, they swapped Robert Allen, or sorry, Robert Woods for uh, Allen Robinson. Um, which will continue to keep a little attention away from Cup. And no um, Odell. And, hey, I was about to say, the loss of Odell will be interesting to see if that affects their offense. You know, they only got Odell midway through the season. He's still potentially uh, a person who could come back to the Rams. He hasn't signed yet, um, and he's still recovering from that ACL injury. But, you know... My one thing is, you know, keep an eye on Matt Stafford. He's been complaining about some elbow soreness for a while. Um, said that that was an issue during the 2021 campaign, and that's been an issue during this offseason. He and Sean McVay have said that, um, you know, it's not uh, an issue in the slightest, but, um, you know, I think it's definitely something that we, we got to keep an eye on. Um, number two, you know, I went with Justin Jefferson. 
fantastic receiver, same spot as, as my top 10 overall receivers. Similarly, uh, Jamar Chase is my number three ranked receiver. Four, I went with uh, Stephon Diggs. Five, you know, Devontae Adams um, moving to the uh, Raiders. We'll see how he does in a new system with this former uh, college quarterback. Six, C.D. Lamb, you know, Dak Prescott's always going to put up numbers, which means his number one receiver always will, which this year is now C.D. Lamb and not uh, Amari Cooper. Um, seven, I would see, uh, sorry, uh, Debo Samuel, you know, just an absolutely versatile um, jackknife type player, can really do anything. Um, eight, A.J. Brown, uh, I think he's going to have an absolutely insane season. We'll get into that a little bit more in a bit. Um, nine, Michael Pittman. Similarly, I think he's going to have a great season, and I can get into that more. And then 10, you know, went with Tyreek Hill. Obviously, absolutely nothing has changed with his playing abilities, but he's going from Patrick Mahomes uh, to Tua Valoa. You know, he's going from the 7th QB in the league to the 22nd QB uh, in the league, according to 2021 QBR. Um, I think that's significantly going to decrease his, uh, his fantasy output. Uh, along with the fact that he's now going to be in an offense with Mike Gusecki, um, Jalen Waddell, and, and a pretty well-revamped running back room that's, you know, I think is going to see him fall. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest thing is really going to be how does Tua do in week one. So we'll see, uh, we'll see about that. But, Nando, I'll kick it over to you. Uh, what's your top ten look like? Very respectable list, Forbes. Um... I'm actually going to kick things off with Justin Jefferson at the top spot. I think the uh, this new you know Kevin O'Connell offense is going to lean on their passing game. I mean, you know, they do have Dalvin Cook, but they just have straight weapons at their disposal. Um, and I think that Justin Jefferson is going to reap the benefits. I'm expecting him to be you know a target machine and have an unbelievable year. Um, Second's got to be Cooper Cup, you know, probably deserves the top spot, but I decided to be different here. Uh, I gave him the, the number two pick, followed by, like you said, Jamar Chase. Um, so you had Stephon Diggs at four. I ended up going with Devontae Adams. I'm, I'm just imagining that this guy, again, is going to be, you know, the critical, the critical guy here on this Raiders offense, and I see them throwing the ball a ton. I see them in shootouts, um, so expect him to have a big season. So yeah, at five, Stephon Diggs, followed by C.D. Lamb. Um, you know, he did have you know a little bit of drops, a little few too many drops last season, um, and he's gotten plenty of criticism for that. But I think that uh, this offense is going to depend on him a lot, and he does have a lot of talent, so I expect him to have a, a good season, statistically at least. Can't bank on the Cowboys doing much. I hear um, that. <laughs> you know, at seven, you know, you said Debo, you know, can he, he can run the ball really well, apart from being a dynamic receiver. I'm um, curious to see how everything unfolds, um, assuming Trey Lance um, is going to be their guy in the beginning. You know, they have Jimmy as the backup, but um, they're going to be riding with Trey Lance, and I, I want to see how that affects um you know, um, Debo's role as, you know, he was taking, you know, snaps out of Wildcat. But, you know, now that they have um, Trey Lance, who's expected to be running himself, like, will he just be the 
the halfback, like potentially, you know, and they make, could be doing some gonna crazy make some stuff. Changes to his output, that's for sure. Yeah. So questions surrounding that, but definitely, I think you have to include him because of that, you know, dual threat aspect at top seven position, to say the least. I went with Mike Evans at the eight. I think that this guy is all reliable. Um, if you want to, like I said earlier, bank on a thousand season, you got to turn to Mike Evans. I mean, and you know. Godwin, there are questions about his, you know, availability for week one. I think it's going to be a game-time decision. No Rob, no uh, Gronk anymore. So, at the very least, you know, if this happens to be the year that he doesn't eclipse um, or get, you know, high 1,000 yards or at least eclipse like t- uh, 1,200, um, I'm expecting this dude to have at least 10 touchdowns. You know, there are going to be touchdowns on the table, and he's going to have to step up big for this Bucks team. Um, and at the nine position, I had to throw Tyreek, you know, he could easily find himself in the top seven, but I think that, you know, this is a adjustment for sure. Um, and to us, definitely a downgrade. Um, but I, I, hear that. <laughs> I still, I still expect uh, a solid season out of him. And then at the 10th spot, I, I had to throw in Keenan. It had to be done, honestly. I think that with that chemistry, that you know, we got to see last year with Justin Herbert, who I also expect to have an unreal season. Uh, I expect him, you know, assuming that he stays healthy, you know, he's getting getting a bit older. He's super dependable out of the slot. Um, so I think that he'll definitely take the, at least be, you know, within that 10 to 12 range, but I have him in my top 10. All right. I mean, I definitely fair list overall I mean I, I've said my piece about uh, about Tyree Kill you know he definitely could uh, go off in this you know new Miami offense he could also turn into the next Antonio Brown we don't know I mean he could be he's the amount of of shit that he's talked about the Chiefs since he's gotten traded is like unheard of he's gotten so much he's talked about how um who was a better passer than Patrick Mahomes? How yeah, it's you know, uh, Andy Reid threw him away like he was trash. Like, dude, none of that is even remotely true. So I think he's almost trying to stir up some trouble. We'll see if that you know affects him. But you know, talking about yeah, we we talked about Stephon Diggs or sorry, um, Debo Samuel. I think we both had him what in the seventh spot. Um, he was yep. in, yeah, last year's rankings according to, you know, 2021 points scored. Um, he was number three, but with, you know, Trey Lance being that the starting quarterback, he's not right now at least a passing quarterback. He, he's almost a run-first type guy. Um, so I think that's going to lead to a reduction in Debo's uh, productivity. But, you know, like you said, he's still – they're still going to be getting him, you know, involved in the offense in jet pitches, jet sweeps, stuff like that, where, yeah, they just need to hand the ball off to him and they don't have to worry about a, um, you know, a Trey Lance getting him the ball. So that's why, yeah, he definitely still deserves to be in the top ten. Um, you know, A.J. Brown, I had him at the eighth uh, ranking last year. He was the 32nd uh, ranked receiver, again, according to the – Total twenty twenty one uh, points scored, but you know you look at eight. You look at last year to this year. He's got a quarterback upgrade, um, and a, a a wide receiver duo upgrade. You know he had a an ailing uh, Julio Jones last year, 
and now he gets young, fresh um, wide receiver Devontae Smith. So, um, you know, I think he has his ceiling is mile high at this point. Um, you know, it a lot of it does depend on the progression of Jalen Hurts, but uh, you know, if you listen to our our QB podcast, you know I'm pretty high on him. So um, I think their correlation is. Um, pretty direct and, and see both of them having pretty strong seasons. Um, also, you got to keep in mind the fact that uh, in their division, they face the New York Giants and the Washington Commanders twice. Um, so you get to see those defenses twice in one season as a fantasy guy. Like, you got to look at him as a, as a guy to go with. Um, you know, before he struggled with injuries last year, he had 2,000-plus-yard seasons uh, to start his career along with 20 touchdowns between those two seasons. So, and arguably a better system, a better quarterback, better offense. Um, you know, I, I think this is looking to be a, an incredible fourth season for A.J. Brown. Um, then, you know, look at Michael Pittman. Last year's ranking, he was 17th. Um, in terms of points scored, again, you look at a guy who last year, his quarterback was Carson Wentz. Um, a guy who really just dropped the ball and absolutely farmed it towards the end of the season last year, um, but who started off the season strong. Um, and now, you know, this guy, he's getting Matt Ryan. Um, and, you know, Matt Ryan is far from his MVP days with the Falcons, but he is uh, an improvement from Carson Wentz. I don't, I don't think anyone can really um, deny that. So, you know, in you know last year in his sophomore season he had a thousand plus yards with six touchdowns all with Carson Wentz um, you know in 2020 with I think it was Philip Rivers as his quarterback he only played 13 games he kind of struggled to find consistency with a pretty inconsistent offense but you know having ranked 17th in terms of points scored last year I think he really has the opportunity to, to break into the top 10 in terms of fantasy points this year especially you know they have that powerful, powerful run game spearheaded by Jonathan Taylor um, and that O-line with Quentin Nelson. I mean, um, those guys are, are, are absolute battering rams that are just going to run over you and then all of a sudden, you know, Michael Pittman deep ball in the end zone. So that's why I had these two guys uh, breaking into my top 10 this year. Um, Nando, you got, you had a couple guys who I may not have, had, uh, have agreed with, but uh, why'd you put them in your top 10? So I definitely respect the A.J. Brown slash Michael Pittman take. Um, A.J. Brown, you know, I included him in my overall wide receiver ranking, sorry, because um, he's just such a good fucking player. Excuse my French. Um, but I will say that I think that you have to, you have to consider the dependability of Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. I think that you're looking at two guys who are going to take, I think, even progressions here this season um, following what was already, you know, amazing seasons on both their ends. Mike Evans, I already, I already said my piece on him, you know, and why he should be included. Um, I think he's going to have to take on a bigger role. I expect to see this Bucks team late in the postseason potentially making it to the Super Bowl again. Um, and I think a lot of that's going to have to be on Mike Evans. You know what I mean? As, you know, the red zone threat that he is. 
yeah. and the dynamic wide receiver he is. You know, like you can just throw the ball at him. He's such a big frame. You know, makes crazy catches even when you think he's you know double covered or there's no chance that he should even be getting the ball thrown at him. And you know, Keenan Allen also incredibly dependable. And I think Justin Herbert's offense is going to get even better this year. I know that you're high on the Chargers and Justin Real Herbert, high on them. So I don't think I need to sell you too hard on this one. But you know they have Mike Williams, another big guy, big frame, um, deep threat, and Keenan Allen underneath, man. This dude is so, like like I said earlier and like you echoed uh, in regards to Stephon Diggs, it's like, you know, he's that same kind of wide receiver, you know. So dependable. Um, but it's it's a good take from you. I do I do appreciate it, especially as I do have uh, Michael Pittman in my uh, <laughs> <laughs> on my fantasy team. So glad glad to hear you think he's a top ten wide receiver. Um, I hope it. I hope you know that that increased potential with you know Matt Ryan throwing him the ball does things, and you know obviously Jonathan Taylor is who he is, and expect him to have another unbelievable season. Yeah, no, I mean, I hear that. It's going to be exciting. We have our uh, our 2022 season kicking off tonight between the Bills and the Rams. It's going to be real fun. I mean, I hear your, your points about, especially about Mike Evans. I mean, a guy who has never had below 1,000 yards in a season. Um, Got to respect that. And, and a guy who passed two seasons, 13 touchdowns, 14 touchdowns. I mean, that's just Insane. I mean, that, 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 that type of production is unheard of. Um, so that's pretty insane. I mean, I think, yeah, he'll definitely have to shoulder um, more of the load in that Buccaneers offense, especially potentially with um, Chris Godwin being sidelined for longer than people expected. Um, you know, and, and when it comes to Keenan Allen, sorry, I, I love that dude. My thing is always just the injuries with him. You know, he's he's struggled to stay on the field. Um, you know, I hope he does. Um, I think he's an electric player. I think um, his deep ball potential is exciting. His route running is absolutely crisp. So you know, he's the type of guy that you want to see playing. Um, but you know, just hope that he can stay healthy, especially because yeah, I mean, I have that uh, that Chargers team going deep. Um, so. I got. It. I need him to to continue to be a a, a, a target for for Herbert, especially because you know that's my QB in the in our league too. So, you know, there you I, go. Think, I think we're all uh, extremely excited to uh, finally be back in a full on swing football season. Um, so that's uh, those are our picks for wide receivers. Um, think you guys should pick uh, if you're just getting down to your fantasy season, but. Um, we'll be back next week to, to um, you know, break down the trends and uh, what's going on in uh, week one of this 2022 NFL season.